Yes, it is. It actually is. Um, this is Vinnie White. I'm back. Hello. Nice to be here. Uh, I'm sure you missed me desperately. I, you, you, you didn't notice. That's fine. Uh, it's a news-flavoured spiced latte with dollops of last week's news. Powdered with slapdash journalism. Put together with the coordination you might find in a drunk wildebeest. Dancing on ice. Having just dismounted a merry-go-round. A merry-go-round controlled by Jeremy Clarkson. You get the idea. It's a bit slapdash. My name is Vinnie White. You can phone the show on 416-872-1010. And you can text the show on 71010. I'm from England, but I live here in Toronto. And I've been doing this show for, I don't know, years now, isn't it? It feels like one show sometimes. Anyway, um, during this show, we'll be talking about uh, all the latest news and goings on here in Canada. And, of course, uh, where I've been down in Central America. I hope you've been very well. Do text in and let me know how you are and uh, how my replacement was. And do be positive about him. Uh, I believe Edward Keenan was uh, bashing on in my absence. And I thank him very much for it. And uh, from all accounts so far... He did a stellar job. I have been warming up. Um, I know it always sounds somewhat uh, somewhat exuberant to have the benefit of being able to go down to Central America and uh, remove myself from the stark and painful, laborious and sometimes uh, rather punishing Canadian winter. But that's what I've been doing. And uh, the reason to Central America, of course, is because it's cheap. Um, so really, I've worked out that if you pay for your flights to get to Central America and live on a shoestring budget, and if your former life is living in King West, Toronto, you actually save money by going on vacation, which is starting to make me wonder why I'm here at all, particularly when I come back and it's minus 10, and I'm at the airport. Being the tight git that I am, I decided, of course, I couldn't possibly get an Uber or a taxi, so I, I got the bus home, and some idiot has decided to not put any heating in the little bus stand outside the airport. So it's minus, I think it was minus 15 when I arrived. You know, that particularly cold night last week. That's when I arrived back, timed that beautifully. And um, I, you could actually cut glass with my nipples. And being that the bus was late, that's actually what I started to do. Anyway, I've been down in Nicaragua and a few bordering countries, because as I say, they're cheap. And also, I, I go there quite a lot to warm up every winter. And um, so this year I decided it'd be a good idea to go well off the beaten track. Now, Nicaragua is quite off, or Nicaragua, if you're Canadian, or Africa, if you've got no geography. Someone said that to me the other day. By the way, just, just to be clear, it is in Latin America. But someone said, oh, you came back from Nicaragua. How was it? Did you see any elephants? Um, no. <laughs> and I'm worried where you're going with that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not Nairobi and <laughs> not Namibia. <laughs> Yeah, and not Nigeria. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I was down there and it was great. But being that I've done this a few times, I decided it would be a rather beautiful experiment for my girlfriend and I both went down there. And this time, rather than just all the touristy bits, not that they're that touristy, but, um, you know, it's building up a bit. We thought we'd fly to the most remote place we could for two nights. So we went to Managua, the capital of Nicaragua and looked at a map and looked at the available flights. And we ended up in a place called Puerto Cabezas, otherwise known as Bilwi. It doesn't matter. No one's heard of it. Even the people that live there don't know what it's called. I think they just call it town. And to give you an idea of just how remote it is, it's only actually an hour and a quarter flight in a little prop plane from 
Managua, the capital of Nicaragua. But if you do that on a bus, it's 28 hours. Because of the terrain, I guess? Yeah. yeah. There's no road. Didn't well, I mean, there is a road, if you can call it a road. There is a track of sorts. Yeah, but it'd be treacherous. Yeah, so we flew, as you might But imagine. wouldn't that scare you too? Prop plane flying over the mountains? I guess it's a mountainous region of South America. It's not. It's not. I wouldn't say mountains. Uh, big humps. Forested, though. My humps. I think it was the inspiration for that lovely lady lump song. They're, they're more humps and lumps. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it was a bit scary. But that's the point, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that I find, having moved from a G8 country that speaks English to a G8 country that speaks English, is that life can be really boring. So when I go away, I want to go somewhere weird. And man, did we hit it with this place. It's crazy, Puerto Cabezas, on the Caribbean coast of Nicaragua. If you've been there, please text in, all none of you. Um, To describe it, I suppose you'd say it's sort of ramshackle homes on precarious wooden stilts made of tin and occasionally flattened oil barrels. They actually flatten oil barrels to make their walls. One house featured a two-year-old toddler walking on a buckled half-finished deck all alongside a really skinny, garbage-speckled beach with, oddly, no people to be seen anywhere and very few ways to get to that beach, as if a beach is a minor inconvenience. It's weird. Uh, Lots of vegetables lay in busy markets alongside old ladies stirring beans and making tortillas. The smell of barbecued chicken compete with the sound of relentless horns and banged-up cars. If you have a car in Puerto Cabezas, Nicaragua, and your windows are still in place, it makes your car appear incredibly luxurious. Most uh, cars of the 200 cars that exist in that town um, have plastic sheets for windows, at least one, in amongst horses and carts. So we're, we're going back a bit here. This is poor Nicaragua. Away from the throbbing centre in the quiet back streets full of sort of decaying grand houses, you've got these little pulperias selling bags of chips and soda to passing kids in bright, crisp, white school uniforms. In the two nights we spent there, I only saw two white people and they were aid workers. And I, I learned from them because we obviously we cornered them and said, um, what are you doing here? <laughs> and they said to us, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here for adventure. Yeah. Crazy smell, sight, sound. She said, yeah, you might want to get off the street because you could get shot. Right. I'll just I'll just pop in this bar with you. So um, went into this bar and asked the NGO workers what, what makes the town tick. Them. The biggest income in Puerto Cabezas is aid, foreign aid. Yeah. So uh, it was quite an eye-opener, actually. I loved it. Was the food good? Absolutely horrific. The smell of barbecue chicken got me hungry. Yeah, I mean, that's that. That's what I should have eaten. What I did instead, Pat, I went to a restaurant on the beach and had lobster. See, that sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds delicious. Tell you what's, what puts you off your lobster, mate, is when you're halfway through a big fat lobster tail covered in, in lime that you've just plucked off a tree, right? Looking at your beautiful girlfriend as the sun sets and you see a rat run across the, rep, the uh, restaurant floor. A proper big fat rat. Yeah, that, that would spoil it. it. I don't know if it was the psychology of that, but the next day... You know when your belly sounds like um, a sound effect from a castle? Yeah, sort of a yeah. creaking old wooden sort of yeah. gate. And you and you look behind you to think, <laughs> someone, that's me, isn't it? Yeah, I had that. And, um, oh, that was rough. Oh, my God. Actually, I got back on the plane with that, let's call it a 
symptom, a heavy symptom. And because it was a prop plane, it's really bumpy. And the, Uh-oh. Yeah, and so the seatbelt light was on. And I'm like, right, there is absolutely no way I'm getting through this flight. That's so why you've got to bring a modium with you. Yeah, to bung you up. Yeah. And it just happened all of a... Hmm, let's get a bit graphic, this. Never mind. It happened all of a sudden that I, there was an urgent need and the modium was in a suitcase, which was in the cargo bay. And... Um, which, by the way, even if I had taken it, it's not that instant, is it? It's quite instant. No, you have to do, do, be doing it well in advance. Yeah. So I got up to use the bathroom, and I thought, prop plane, Nicaragua. They're not exactly going to have a go at me. This is lawless, man. It's crazy. And so the hostess said, sit down in Spanish. And I understand that, but I thought, I'll just ignore it and pretend I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, bluff. And then, didn't she just speak perfect English? Sir, I said, sit down. So um, I... I didn't want to go too graphic, so I just... It's, it's funny what you say in a dire situation, isn't it? I just looked at her and I said, I have a condition! <laughs> and then went into That's the bathroom. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, you, in a way, I did have a condition. You did want to yell, it's an emergency or something like that. <laughs> oh. what can, text in, what do you say when you've got chronic diarrhea on a plane? Your thoughts on 71010. So anyway, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. Um... And I, I mean, obviously, I, having said all this, I can't imagine anyone that is listening would like to go to Puerto Cabezas, otherwise known as Bilwi, on the Caribbean coast of Nicaragua. But should you have um, absolute a mad sense of adventure or mad stupidity such as I, then uh, I'd recommend it highly. It's really bizarre, but uh, bizarre in a beautiful way. You know, I like, I've always thought that there should be such a thing as an odometer, you know, a device that measures how peculiar things are. And I think it's fair to say that a lot of Canada wouldn't score very highly on the odometer. Much of the UK would also not score highly on the odometer. But I like it when things are really odd. So, for example, I was in Vietnam once and there was a truck reversing and it played Jingle Bells as the reverse tune. Really? Yeah, see that? Quite a good flicker on the odometer. If there's a mechanic out there texting, how would you do that? (laughs) We, there's no reason we shouldn't be doing that. I think we would all be happier in a world where we permanently heard anything reversing playing Jingle Bells. Or a variety of Christmas tunes or holiday tunes. Love it. Yeah, so I like that. And I like, um, I like it when I see the unexpected, you know. I mean, like, so last week I was walking to a bar in a slightly more touristy place and uh, a monkey fell out the tree in front of me and uh, started going through my bag to find fruit. That's that's a vacation right there. Doesn't happen here. No. Does it? Even in summer, even on the island. Raccoon will steal your garbage at best. I suppose maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, because if I lived there and I came to Canada, my odometer would flicker when I saw a raccoon. I, I've heard people say just deer alone, that they can't believe it when they see deer, because yeah. I suppose there's not many deer outside of North America. Well, I'm sure if you come from Nicaragua, just the sight of snow would freak you out quite a lot. And having to put on socks. I haven't worn socks for a month. Freaked me out. And oh, I've only been there a month. Yeah, that would. Yeah, it sounds great. I'm actually very jealous. So it all th- sounds fun. What we've concluded here is that odd is all a matter of perspective. I agree. Yes. Um, thank you for your text so far. Uh, lovely to have you back, Vinny. Nice to hear your voice. Oh, thank you, Mum. And uh, do text in on 71010. Let me know uh, what you would shout if you had diarrhea on an aeroplane. Is there anything better than, look here, I have a condition? I'd like to hear your input. Uh, When we come back, we will talk about a man in China that mastered the claw. 
I'll explain more. Uh, the PEI Potato Expo this weekend. Yes, PEI had a potato expo, known as the International Potato Expo. Big for the boots. And also, uh, what should we do with Guantanamo? Nice, light-hearted and easy-to-digest topic. <laughs> You're tuned in to the Vinny White Show on In Depth Radio. Yeah, kids are good News at it. Talk 1010. Kids are really good at explaining what they need when they need it. I think maybe we should all learn from children. Here's a clip of an actual wedding that happened in Australia. Imagine it: beautiful sunny day, bride and groom opposite each other, masses of people, probably about 200, all bunched up behind them, and this happens. When thinking, people conclude what are the real values in life and come back to decide what really matters. I'm not repeating that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a first. Oh my god! What just happened? There you are. Worst thing is, it was 26. Um, <laughs> that's what you do if you need a poo at an Australian wedding. Nothing but the uh, topical debates of the latest current news right here on News Talk 1010. Uh, you're listening to me, Vinnie White. And uh, should we do PEI Potato Expo or Guantanamo Bay? Let's get Guantanamo Bay out of the way, I suppose, on account of the fact it's a rather difficult topic and one that fills me usually full of some rage. Uh, of course, if there's one level-headed political candidate who will come up with a fantastic solution uh, to such a hot potato as Guantanamo, Bay. I'm sure, of course, it's uh, Master Trump who will say something probably profoundly, exceptionally well thought out and well structured like this. This morning I watched President Obama talking about Gitmo, right? Guantanamo Bay, which, by the way, which, by the way, we are keeping open, which we are keeping open. And we're going to load it up with some bad dudes. Believe me, we're going to load it up. Load it up with bad dudes. That's apparently what you need to do with Guantanamo, according to Huggy Bear. Sorry, according to Donald Trump. Yeah, the US has been leasing that 45 square miles um, since, I think, 1903. And, uh, of course, it's technically in Cuba. The US claims rightly that Guantanamo Bay detainees are not on US soil and therefore not covered by the US Constitution. And that enemy combatant status means that they can be denied legal protections. What the US often doesn't mention, that it's, uh, you know, illegal under international law. At least seven detainees have died in custody. And there are currently 91 detainees at Guantanamo Bay. And just to do the math, it costs roughly $5 million per detainee per year And if all that money was saved and Guantanamo was to be closed forever, the US military could pay for nearly all of its prosthetic limbs with the savings and all the physiotherapy that goes with it uh, under the newly acquired money that would be relieved to the defence budget. So, And of course, there might just be a point that people across the world might think slightly higher of the USA on the international stage a stage that was set on fire by George Bush and probably urinated on by Obama. Uh, the debate continues, though. What does he say after that? Let's hear Obama and uh, Trump against each other. A few hours apart, but it's quite interesting listening. This morning I watched President Obama talking about Gitmo, right? Which, by the way, which, by the way, we are keeping open. Which we are keeping open. <laughs> 
And we're going to load it up with some bad dudes, believe me. We're going to load it up. I don't want to pass this problem on to the next president, whoever it is. And if, as a nation, we don't deal with this now, when will we deal with it? Are we going to let this linger on for another 15 years, another 20 years? We spend $40 million a month on maintaining this place. Now think of it. $40 million a month. I think we have, what do we have left in there, like 100 people or something? Maybe in our deal with Cuba, we get them to take it over and, take, uh, and, and reimburse us because we're probably... Because we're probably paying rent. Genius. Cuba will pay for it. Because if one thing Cuba's got, it's a lot of money to pay for American warfare. Anyway, I don't even know why I bother going into it. It's just him, isn't it? Um, he then went on to tweet, as Donald Trump often does, uh, some famous quotes. He said, uh, it's better to live one day as a lion than a hundred years as a sheep. That was Donald Trump the other day. It's better to live one day as a lion than a hundred years as a sheep. Great quote. Uh, shame it's originally from the Italian fascist leader Mussolini. Well done there. Uh, asked about the tweet on a TV interview, Mr. Trump said he wanted to be associated with interesting quotes. I want to be associated with interesting quotes. Mussolini was Mussolini. What difference does it make? I love Donald Trump's defense on everything. I think it's brilliant. I think he could say everything. I think this week, it wouldn't surprise me if he said, so I punched a baby, I kicked a rabbit, I'd set a synagogue on fire, and I urinated on an old woman. So what? I did it. So what I do? It had to be done. It had to be done. That's quite a big thing. You say something massively outlandish, and then you just go, we have no choice. It had to be done. Hasn't got any better, the accent, has it? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> However me, many weeks in Nicaragua didn't help the accent. And all I was doing down there, bearing in mind it's a dollar a beer and I was on holiday, was thinking about Donald Trump and trying to get that impression right now. Ugh. Anyway, I don't know. Feeding the machine, aren't I? The hair machine. Uh, coming up, we talked to Amanda Capito about all things travel. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Some call her a new Svalandra. Not me, I call her Amanda. It's Amanda Capito. Wow, thank you. Hello, what a great introduction. <laughs> I don't even know what a new Svalandra would be. I guess it would be someone that cheats on pieces of news by reading other pieces of news. I was always hoping someone would na- rhyme my name yeah. with uh, Philandra. Amanda, Amanda's quite hard to rhyme, isn't it? What else is there? Amanda Panda. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, this could be a long bit. Oh, no. Let's get on with it. Um, <laughs> it's Newsy Poos with Vinny and Amanda. She's been here. I've been in Nicaragua. That's, that's actually better than the original. This is good. Um, so I'm back. Hello, how are you? Welcome back. Normally when I come back, you look different. You've done different hair and like, she's big on identity change. She's like <laughs> the speeded up version of Madonna through the decades. But actually you look exactly like I left you, just slightly more pale. Not like old sexy pants here. Wow, yeah, you're so tanned. Yeah, that's right. What do you think of this, eh? Yeah. Golden. And look. If you look carefully, beneath the massive uh, bulging biceps, you'll see a slightly bigger beer belly. (laughs) (laughs) And your hair is golden. Yeah, someone said to me the other day, um, actually it was my girlfriend, 
<laughs> Someone. Yeah. It's actually slightly more potent when it's from young girlfriend. She said, have you been putting lemon in your hair? Yeah, because it looks lighter. Yeah. And it's, it's weird that I, my own girlfriend would think I'm that vain. Perhaps I am. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, how are you? I'm good. I've missed you. Well, I've, I've missed the show and you as an intrinsic and important pinnacle part of it. Um, I suppose I should ask you if I missed any news here in Toronto. Oh, uh, you know what? It's okay. No. <laughs> it's not even going to... Imagine if people are just driving through Toronto for the first time going, yeah, what is this place like? I can't wait for this three-week synopsis. Yeah, nothing's happened, really. Um, well, let's not talk about that. I would like to talk, if I may, about a thing that happened to me. Yes. So I, I rented a motorbike Okay. in um, Nicaragua just to get around, really. Right. You know, and it's, uh, it's quite a small country. And I went down there to just, you know, warm up and get around. You've got to be a bit careful because a lot of the police might accuse you of doing something wrong, even though you haven't, mm-hmm. in a bid to get a bribe. Because it's okay. a little bit, do- little bit. it's way dodgier than Canada. Which is why I like it, because I don't like being told what to do. You called it lawless. It is basically lawless, right. yeah. I mean, there are laws, but they're just not recognised. Okay. So if you want to get drunk and drive, They're you just can. suggestions. Yeah, I wouldn't get drunk and drive, but no. I like the option to do it. <laughs> it's very peculiar. I, all the things that you can do, I don't do, but I like to know I can do them. If you really you want You can basically it. do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want to, wherever you want. It's... It's the Mecca. It's the promised land, and I love it. Until, of course, you inevitably at some point get stabbed and then there's no hospital to, <laughs> to go to. So up here in Canada, we do have things quite right, but down there, uh, I like it. Because it's actually very safe. Uh, it's the safest country in Central America, and it's just... It's not just... The lawlessness isn't... Because you can wonder, that does that mean, oh, it's a bit like, you know, Honduras or Guatemala, that where it's run by drug gangs? No, it's, it's more in keeping with the pace of life, which mm. is basically... Sit in a hammock, do what you want to do, perhaps do a little bit of fishing, eat the fish, and then go to bed mildly, nice. mildly drunk. It's, it's you know, it's a, I'm selling it quite well, aren't I? You are. But are prob- you getting paid by the tourism of Nicaragua? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I are. I am a hell of an advocate for the place. Yeah. And it's many of its neighbouring countries. Um, but I went to, uh, I went up the country on a motorbike, and uh, I, I stopped at a sort of roadside cafe in the middle of this very hustly, bustly, crazy town, you know, with cows running around in the road and uh, monkeys in the trees and various other mad traffic going on. Okay. And uh, there was was only one other guy in the restaurant, right? So I'm sitting outside having a smoothie. I'm really wondering where this is going. So am I. I'm I'm dragging it out. (laughs) (laughs) So are the listeners who tuned out two hours ago. (laughs) And uh, there's a fellow in there and he's got got a police shirt on. Okay. Big, big police written across his shirt. In yellow, normally in blue, so I'm thinking that's weird, but never mind. Different area. I'm in a different state, okay. so here we go. Anyway, he says uh, in Spanish, what are you up to? And I said, I've got my bike here. And he says, oh, yeah, do you, do you like that bike? Is it working all right for you? I'm like, yeah, it's all right. He goes, is it all legal? Now, my Spanish isn't great, but I know when I'm being asked lots of questions. Wait, so you're you're communicating in Spanish? I'm attempting to. Wow, okay, that's impressive. Well, you, yeah, I wouldn't run away with that. Okay, it's okay. M- it's more body language than anything right, else. Right, right. Um, so I'm saying, yeah, my, my vehicle's legal. And uh, he says, oh, yeah, where'd you get it? I'm like, oh, no, because technically there is a bit of a glitch with it. Like, it's not in my name, and it's really hard to get it in your name. So, and it wasn't an official rental. It was like a friend of a friend. Oh, gosh. So this is all very illegal. It's hard to say this in English, never mind Spanish. So I'm thinking, here comes the bribe. Here it comes. And he goes, so where are you going now? 
And I'm thinking, oh, if only I didn't stop here for a milkshake. <laughs> I didn't have to do this. He didn't ask me in. He didn't pull yeah, me over. You I've walked in- into this. I've invited myself into a hostile situation. Oh, goodness. And he says, uh, where, where are you going next? I say, I'm going up to Leon. He says, all right, where have you been? We end up having a big chat, and he's getting closer to me all the time. And then I think, oh, here we go. He's gonna either going to put the cuffs on me or, <laughs> or, uh, or he's going to, you know, ask for the money. And he gets up. He says, uh, all right, well, thanks for talking to me and uh, have a good trip. Turns round. On the back of his shirt, it says, Wisconsin State Troopers. Oh, my goodness. Someone's donated a police shirt to Oh, him. my goodness. He's just a random. He's just a bloke. <laughs> just asking me a few questions. <laughs> I spent nearly half an hour on the toilet <laughs> after that. And then, I mean, it's another story, but then from the next week, I also <laughs> became very good friends with toilets. I thought you were going to say that he started um, hitting on you. In a way, now on reflection. Maybe there was. The was intensity there some... was there, but it wasn't in a sort of legal fashion. <laughs> Perhaps he wanted me. And in many ways, I think I want him. So if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> do get in touch. That 60-year-old uh, that man with a policeman's shirt. Yummy. So that was it. Feels like I missed nothing here. What are the unions doing at City Hall? <laughs> do you really want to know? Not really. <laughs> See, the problem is, as a hard-hitting, hard-cutting news journalist anchor... When I come back, I should take an active interest. But when I looked today, all I heard was there's disputes in City Hall about, well, general conditions. And uh, and you hate sports news, too. So that was yesterday. What we, was the sports news yesterday? Toronto Maple Leafs are, like, blowing up the team and trading everyone. So they made a big trade and they got rid of their goalie, James Reimer. All right. So are they still crap or? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> So, City Hall's in disarray, and Toronto sports teams are a bit crap. Right. Apart so from the baseball, when does that start? That, yeah. That's our only saviour. When does the baseball kick off? Yeah, soon. So, there does you it? go. Right. Brilliant. Glad Spring I came back. Spring um, on its way, so. Well, I've got a story. Okay. Okay. It is news. It's, I just, I, it's sad news. Oh, no. But I just, I wanted to run it by you because I can't believe that I'm reading this now, in this century. Well, at least in this decade. Okay. Four people were stabbed and one of them critically wounded yesterday in a scuffle between the KKK and counter-protesters at a planned KKK rally in Anaheim, California. California. Really? Honestly, this happened yesterday. 13 people yesterday were arrested following the melee. Is it a melee when people get stabbed? Surely that's more than a melee. Melee sounds like a nice dessert. Yeah including one clan member who is accused of stabbing a counter-protester with a flagpole. Oh, my goodness. This was all uh, reported by the Anaheim police. Several counter-protesters were taken into custody after stomping a KKK member to the ground. Wyatt said the altercation took place as soon as several KKK members arrived in a park. Wow. Okay, wait. Are they still decked out, like, in the whole white area? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I I have to say I haven't seen the footage, but nearly always, whenever I've seen documentaries on this, they do get decked out on on the simple fact that they don't want to be recognised later. Right. You know, it was all very well before the civil rights movement when white people had very much an upper hand. Perhaps um, if someone was recognised with their hood off, Right. It would probably be all right. But nowadays, if you get recognised with your hood off, you might get jumped later on. So it's it's a coward's way, in oh, my opinion. This is this is disgusting. It, I just can't believe it happens. Now, I'm all for free speech, but should we allow KKK rallies now? No. I mean, it's not as if they're going to make any new political points that are unexpected. You know, they're not going to take off their 
But, like, what are they rallying for, exactly? Rights for whites. Nothing's changed, Amanda, in, in what they want. I mean, as far as I've read on this, their sole... Like, do they want a separatist? Like, it's a separatist movement. There are people who who will openly speak about their separatist movement. They won't call it that, but um, especially, obviously, in the U.S. and the South. But I've, I'm not sure if that's, you know, what's the end goal here? Like, we're living in an integrated society. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the thing is, I'm always tempted to say when you hear it's in the United States, yeah, well, it's not that surprising. It is quite surprising in California. Yeah. I know it's not downtown L.A., but still, it's in California. That's disgusting. Apparently, it was only a mile north of Disneyland. Wow. I know. I wish they got lost and ended up at Disneyland. Oh, my goodness. With all their cones on. Oh. Walked in, being hugged by black children. Oh. It'd be hard to be angry then, wouldn't it? What do we want? Rights for whites. When do we want... Are we in Disneyland? I don't know. I can't see where I'm going with these bloody things. Is that... Oh, no. It's a black kid hugging me. This is not where I was going with it. Oh, there's another one. I can't believe you made this funny. I can't believe you... Only you. They need that, though, don't they? <laughs> I honestly can't believe that people are still racist. What? How is that still happening? Oh, Why know. don't you just get up and go, oh, God, I hate the world. I hate black people. I cannot be bothered I anymore. I'm t- I, I've been angry for so many years. It's got me nowhere. The rest of society is against me. I'm now the minority. I don't even know why I was angry in the first place. <laughs> Globalisation's inevitable. Mass migration's happening. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to have up. a cigar. Yeah. I'm going to have a rum. I'm going to swing in a hammock, which was probably designed by a black man. And I appreciate it. That's my, uh, my, <laughs> that's my message to society. Oh. Chill out, racists. There's no point. <laughs> Send them all to Nicaragua. Send them all to Nicaragua. <laughs> so it's funnily enough, that's actually more of a better idea than you may believe. It is the most open society down there. If you want to be gay, you can be gay. If you want to be trans, you can be trans. They obviously have an enormous mixed range of skin tones because you've got the Caribbean side, which is very black. Right. You've got the sort of more brown patches and then masses of gringos like me coming in as tourists. So, yes, I think you're probably right. I think they should get a ticket. You can fly from Houston. It's not that far away. There Houston <laughs> to uh, downtown Managua, Nicaragua. And then just don't allow them back. <laughs> You know, take all the money out of their pockets and say, you're going to have to integrate with society. You've got no credit cards, no phone calls. You'll find out that people are actually very warm, hospitable, and they'll be nice to you. Why don't you try it? <laughs> God, you're a genius, Amanda. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I got a bit angry there. Yeah, but... you're now we were talking about how tanned you are, but now you're red. I'm so red and brown that if a KKK man was to walk in now... <laughs> I would almost definitely be stabbed. (laughs) That's more like it. Thank you. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Thanks for your text so far. You can always text this show on 710 or you can call it on 416-872-1010. So far your text saying, uh, if if, I was once caught short, it says here, on an airplane... Uh, it was a long flight and the light was on. I couldn't unbuckle, but I had to. I shouted to everyone, it's better off for everyone if I go into the toilet now. <laughs> Still sounds slightly threatening. It. it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's hard to get away with that. Um, someone else says, don't say anything. Everyone knows what you're doing. Yeah, I suppose that's probably the best bet. No. No? Because you you that looks threatening, doesn't you, it? If the 
the toilets at the front of the plane and you're rushing sort of like with your hands around your stomach. Mm. You look in sort of panic. Some people break out into a sweat. People are liable to assume uh, the worst, especially mm. if it's like an air marshal. You just don't want to cause. You know, I'm just saying you don't want to make it other people frightened. Okay, just going to throw it out there. Commode seats. Two seats on every flight that are also built-in commodes. If you think you might be caught short, request the commode seat. Should be a commode aisle. Commode aisle. Yeah, because you don't want to be sitting next to someone doing that. Seven ten ten. if you've got any further ideas. Um, someone just texted in, you and Howard Levitt in Nicaragua. Now, Howard Levitt is the employment law... Host of News Talk 1010's Employment Law Hour. Why does it say you and Howard Levitt in Nicaragua? I believe he vacations there. Uh, well, how does everyone know that? He's done, he's hosted the show sometimes uh, from down there. Don't pull this on me now. Hang on, he gets to do a show from there. So yeah. I could have done my show when I was in my little youth hostel surrounded by backpackers. No, I don't mind explaining. He's a lot more valuable to the company than just about anyone. <laughs> Does he stay in a youth hostel when he's in Nicaragua? No, I think he probably owns a finca or a, like a palatial estate, I imagine. Does he drive a nice car? Oh, yeah. Two very nice cars. All right, mate. Well, you fancy him? Hmm? I fancy his life. Yeah, so why about the sound of that? Uh, Brexit news. There's been uh, Max in Toronto, has called, and uh, he's got something to say about the Brexit. Let's explain what the Brexit is first. Even I don't know how I feel about it. But I'll explain it. The Brexit is the abbreviated newspaper term for the British exit, as in what was previously the Grexit. It's the looming vote on the European Union membership. Uh, in June, voters in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland will go to the polls to decide whether to leave the European Union, an option dubbed Brexit or stay in. Now, polls so far suggest that UK voters will narrowly vote to stay in. But it's narrow, so they might not. In this sense, the fact that Britain is having this debate at all is a big threat to the EU and their long-term viability, as the possibility is that UK might, might opt out. The EU, of course, was created in 1993. It was the expansion of the earlier European economic community. And the whole point is to bring ever closer union as the uh, founding, principle, founding principles, really, of, of the EU European leaders hope to gradually transform Europe from a collection of sovereign nations into a single European superstate. Uh, but the process has slowed over the past decade, leaving the EU awkwardly straddling the line between being one nation and many. Now, the European Union so far is an economic and political union of 28 countries. I think the best way to explain it is imagine 28 people having a party for many years. Some of, the, some of them have been there since 1993. Some of them are drunk. Some of them drink more than others. A lot of them spent all their money and started borrowing from other people at the party. And no one knows when the party's going to be over. And at the moment, the UK is at the party. We've been dancing a while. We've lent a bit of money out. We've noticed that some people drink a lot more than us. And in, in some ways, we feel very happy because we feel sexually desired. Everyone seems to like us. But on the other hand, we're thinking, I don't know, this party's gone on for a long time. I think it's time to leave. And but only one other person is paying for the booze, it seems like. It does appear that way. But it's great booze because it's Germany. <laughs> Lots of beer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so it feels like a party. Now, the problem is with any long party, if no one's ever left 
then it's difficult to know if it's cold outside or it's snowing or there's wolves. You, you know, there's no way of knowing. So now the UK are like, I'm leaving, probably, maybe. I don't know. I'm scared. What's going on out there? And everyone's like, I don't know. No one's ever left. It's Hotel California. So that's my thoughts on the Brexit. A clear and concise and definitely politically sound analysis. Uh, Max in Toronto. Um, how do you have such a thing to say on this? Are you a Brit yourself? Um, I guess you could say that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that you're, you're entitled to opinion no matter where you live, I should add. Um, tell me your thoughts, Max. I would think so. Well, I think that it would be a big mistake because uh, if you leave the EU now, immediately every other country there will now put up tariffs for any exports, things of that sort. Plus, it's also difficult for the average person now to just be able to go to Frankfurt or Spain, Italy, things of that sort, because you will now have to get a visa to even travel. So I don't think it's been thought through economically, socially. I, I do agree with the fact that it's probably not right to have people come over and uh, not work and just obtain benefits. Yeah. That I don't agree with at all, which is, I think, the main issue. Now, David Cameron stated that he's uh, tried to get get some concessions from the EU in that regard. But uh, people like Boris Johnson essentially don't have any clue. Boris uh, Johnson, the mayor of London, who wants to leave uh, the EU, yeah. Yeah, a bit of great. infighting there. Well, do you often listen to this show? Because you're terribly serious, and I'm worried that you may have... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, a bit, a bit, you know, yeah. I... I work a lot so i see so that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well it's nice to, I mean, it's not a criticism it's nice to have someone with a sharp mind and a, a knowledge of the thank world you. but i had no idea you were my kind of listener makes me feel terribly proud to have you thank you so much of course of course you should thank you take thank care you. now bye-bye and on that uh, beautiful and well-crafted bombshell i shall leave and be back again next week i think i'm going to be here for a few weeks unless the bitter cold sends me down to Howard Lovett's house. Howard Levitt's has a house in Nicaragua. Someone's just texting. And he drives an Alfa Romeo. You're kidding. That's what it says here. He owns a a house. He told us last week, says a listener. That's annoying, isn't it? Fellow host with a house. I've been been staying in bunk beds with farting travellers. Has he? No. Richer getting richer. All right. Um, Oh, he is a lawyer. Right, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> and there's the difference. Your lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> better not be too critical. Howard, I would have to say, is possibly one of the sexiest people on the planet as well. Right, that's got out of that little uh, comedy cul-de-sac. I'll see you here next week. Thanks for pressing the buttons, Patrick. All the best. Ta-da.